Small. Good afternoon and evening. This is the Kids and Home Lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are with another episode of Curious Muse. Uh, yourself, uh, yourself, myself, okay, Jermaine Gregory, and the wonderful and amazing Marky. Hey, hey, what's happening? AKA Content, how are you? What's happening, Mr. Curious? Very well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. What's happening in your world? I'm curious. So, tell me Much, more. Looks like it's going to rain at the moment. Seeing some uh, grey clouds today. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it rain. Okay. So, curious me. Mm, a short, sharp burst of uh, updates, bits and pieces of what we've yeah. seen and, or uh, what we're feeling um, about particular topics that we'll be covering um mark well i think it's only right we start with the um with the french election that was happened yesterday oh yeah oh, uh yeah. it was a i see macron was in again he got in again for the third time uh he got in again for the third time because yet again the only opposition was the extreme right wing le pen you know the the sort of racist party is um and still is that a party or is that i thought that was someone no, it's still a party, but it's the daughter that does it now, not the... Obviously, the uh, the father died. So it's the daughter that does it now. Oh, wow. Um, so but she's in the family. Yeah, exactly. Much like the Paisley clan in, in Northern Ireland. Not that I'm making any assertions about anything, but I'm just saying <laughs> there, is a, there is a similarity going on there. Um, um, and Macron got in mainly because the only real opposition was the right. And... Some of sorry, some shrewd observers suggest that's going to be a pattern across Europe. So I guess in Curious Muse, I want to ask why there is so much right wing. Uh, is it because the media is that strong that they've managed to convince everyone? What's the reason that uh, the right is so strong at the moment and the left seems to be absolutely nowhere? What's, what's so that all about? Macron, is he... He's supposed so he's, to be right wing, right? Yeah, I mean, he's right wing in the conservative sense of the word. Right. Okay. So it's basically like the conservatives up against yes. the BNP or something. Basically, yeah, that's effectively what it is. Okay. And, and and I guess my question is, um, why are they so popular? Um, you know, I, I understand that you know we've had three years or whatever of debunking science and and following uh, QAnon and all this stuff, but I can't quite get we my head Brexit. around why. Allegedly, um, and <laughs> I can't get my head around why why the offshoot of that is to teach people to become very right wing. Um, what, why is there no leftish kind of organisations? You know, the closest you're going to get is the Greens or the environmental groups. Where are the? You've cut out there, Mark. Don't know if you can hear me. And I'm not sure if our listeners can hear me either. <laughs> but we'll give it a, a few seconds and see if you come back. But um, this this election, it's a it's a very stark reminder, a very stark reminder of um, what happened back in uh, 2016 Brexit. Um, all the hubbub around that 
hear me? Right, I can hear you now. You disappeared for a moment. Well, actually, it's a stark reminder of what happened in the third. Okay, so it's more of a reminder. So, do you know about it? Uh, it's more of a reminder of what happened in the 30s across Europe that the right wing groups are gaining uh, popular mm-hmm. at the expense of common sense, rationale, and, and unity. And I'm not so sure what the significant base... events in the 30s. Or depression. Or the banks collapsed. And you've disappeared again. Let's give it a moment. This is what happens when you're recording on uh, mobile phones. All courtesy of Anchor. Living FM. Hello? You're back now. Yeah. I was just saying that you the... You said I think the last was... Um, wait, the banks collapsed. So the banks collapsed in Europe. Um, the economy went downhill. Standard living became difficult. And it gave power to the police and the governments to, to control with an iron fist because people were getting restless. Mm. We're having similar sort of effects now, except that people aren't getting restless. People are stuck on their computers going, oh, I don't like this. And that's about as far as it goes. You know, you don't have the street movements that you had across Europe in the 30s anymore. Um, and people, and if there is a street movement, it's more likely to be from the right, not from the left. Which is unheard of, historically, really. Now, something makes me query, question, ponder yep. over 2012. Nope, it was 2011. That's the one. The summer of 2011, if you can call it that. Right. Um, the Mark Duggan. Okay, yeah, riots. yeah. You mean the riots? Yeah. yeah. They were, they were a sp- response to a specific thing, weren't they? They were a response yes. to police... Um, much like the much like the Floyd Lloyd situation, they were attempt one one issue response. George Floyd. They were sorry, George. I beg your pardon. Sorry. Um, they were a temporary response. They weren't a sustained challenge to the status quo or to the fact that you know rights are being taken away. You know, cost of living is going up. They weren't a response to that in 2011, and there isn't one now either. And even no. the whole George Floyd thing hasn't really delivered much more than than just campaigning against police brutality. But the point that I wanted to make was in regards to the coordination of it or, or how it, it spread and it was through uh, BBM. So this instant messaging service that people who oh, I see. Okay. Sets, they were able to spread these broadcast messages to spread them across the UK. Now I have absolutely no idea where the, that message because I remember receiving that message or mm-hmm. a message in relation to it um, but I have no idea where that started and how did it manage to spread so okay. fast and so wide I'm going to question it like this to me when I see sporadic acts of the general left acting like that you know for example there are people that went to fight in, in Ukraine on small group levels, individual levels, they went to fight in Ukraine. But there's not a sustained organized uh, information process that's going on. Whereas I think with the right, there is. And that's a big difference. Mm. The lack of organization in, in the fringe groups across the whole of the left, the lack of distrust of each other. For me, it's the wrong time to have those kind of uh, issues, if you like. Because right now, the right has never been stronger since 19... 19- uh, 39. They just haven't been 36, actually. But, you know, they haven't been that strong. 
for almost 100 years. And, mm. and across Russia and across parts of Europe, the, the answer seems to be that... Uh, so no, that, that, that they don't trust the system as it is. So rather than saying, let's look at a system where we can share things out, they're saying, let's look at a system where we can take control on behalf of specific minorities who deserve more uh, rights, more um, privilege or elitism or whatever. And they want that just for themselves. The left as a whole isn't really, I can't see any systems in place to deal with that. I'm not seeing it. Now, here's a question, because this, this is something that's, that's kind of close to my heart. Um, bearing in mind, we were in a group, an anti-racism group last year. Yeah, yeah, uh, yep. Sort of the beginning of last year and up to the beginning of last year, I should say. Um, and one of the, the topics that I think was spoken about or shared, and, and this is a great topic, actually. I don't think it was me that even posted it. But yep. in, in regards to identity politics and yes yes identity politics has managed to defragment the left to such a degree that it's it's so defragmented it can't coordinate with as a collective so with the right the right seem to be in refusal of that and so that appears to enable them to kind of gel together i guess in some way yeah um, i think but this is just it's all about group thick and how group dynamics work and interrelate I mean, I think I agree with what you're saying, but also I think the right doesn't have any issues around that. Like the right doesn't worry about, you know, its biggest campaign is to stop cancelization and what it calls freedom. So you have a situation where Piers Morgan is now starting a TV company called Talk TV, where they want to be allowed free speech. Yesterday we had uh, the first interview apparently with him was with Donald Trump and Donald Trump saying the problem with the, the West is they should be saying we've got more weapons, nuclear weapons than Russia. We shouldn't allow Russia to dictate that. So this is their agenda. It's to, you know, like to flex their muscles and go, we're even stronger than you, so don't even come there. And they don't have any qualms about any of that. Whereas the left tech generally, when they, even when they talk to each other, do have qualms and start mm. you know, going off on tangents about each other around identity. I think there's, there's something about that kind of broad sense of, I guess it's, it's that colonialism kind of theme that kind of links in. Um, but kind of plays out here because it's it's more about the capitalism aspect. How can we continue the streams and build on the streams of income that we're building? Um, how can we capitalize on the back of catastrophes, worldwide pandemics, etc., um, and get away with it and, and manipulate the laws and legality around? And I think also there's an issue around white privilege and it, and the dying days of a white privilege so that they can see that the you know the the this show is coming to an end and they want to make the most out of what they can get for it now so like instead of in the past where people might have had some solidarity with people going through a tough time they're saying we're now the extinct species we need to protect ourselves they're very clear about that they're very strong mm. about that they, and they make no apologies for that and this this is so incredible because <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the like the UK population demographics break down to something like four uh, percent black and uh, Caribbean African, um, and then 
it's something like oh, I think it's something like nine percent. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, um, Asian, I wear, so I, roughly about fourteen percent, fifteen percent of the country. No, but is. I worry about I worry about stats because I don't think stats come into the argument because people are stuck in their little vacuums. They only have, may only have a hundred people where they are. They they don't see it like that. Like for right. example, in the UK and in France and in Germany, we've got a lot more um, communities interacting with each other in, in the communities. Yeah. There's a lot more crossover between all different groups. You know, you have families that are half Irish, half. Caribbean, etc. So there's a lot of crossover, right? Right. It's what was interesting when Le Pen lost yesterday. When she lost, she said, "I'm not going to go away because I have to protect the people of France." Now, who do you think she's talking about when she says the people of France? Her following, of course. Which are predominantly, which are predominantly what? White. Right, there you go. So she's got no qualms about saying, basically, I'm here to make sure white people are still given a fair deal. Even though they obviously that the point for her there to ensure that that discussion doesn't disappear. Hold on a second. Uh, we've lost you. Or maybe you've lost me, I'm not sure. <laughs> We'll have to see, won't we? When we uh... Been for ages, and my reception's terrible. Like, up till now, it's been great. <laughs> yeah, well, this is uh, yeah, this is a lot of fun today. It's, I mean, uh... I've got to say, normally, Jermaine, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear. You. Yes, I think normally my reception's good because it's rained today. Suddenly, my reception's out the window. Weird. Right, so it starts raining. Your reception goes. Down. <laughs> Suddenly, my reception's gone too. I don't know why. Well, oh, um, I'm in 4G, 5G. I don't know. Who cares? I don't know. Like, I, I still want to know. And I asked you this. I don't know. I asked you this yesterday, and I still want to know why we're paying for, for Wi-Fi in the first place. I still don't understand it. I don't get it at all. It's interesting, though. Interesting. Well, it's interesting, but I, I don't understand it. So what I'm saying to you is, for now, and considering not... we pay for electricity, <laughs> exactly. Was it? And I, I don't Come know why I'm paying for. I don't. I don't. I, Jermaine, I don't know why I'm paying. Water is trying to raise money to get water for people in African villages, and they're not saying we're going to tax them if we give them the water. So why are we being taxed for water? Water should not be charged. It's... Right. Right. Is it not human? Right. To... Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the cause the is have access to clean water or something like that. Well, as soon as they get any regular supply, no doubt they will get taxed, but I'm just saying it doesn't seem right. Anyway, it's on because we're doing Curious Muse. Uh, should we do Boris Watch? Boris Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Boris we'll start Watch. This by, um, we'll start this by saying, we'll start this by... I, I just, 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 just before we kind of bridge into that yeah, um, I just wanted to mention something I saw this uh, TikTok video I think it was on um, oh, I think it was on that real thing that Facebook now has you know oh yeah that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this I think he's like a property person investor I don't know what he does he's, he's involved with properties and investments um but what, <laughs> there was something quite interesting that he said about property tax and how property tax came about 
in relation to a war with France. But what happened was they they didn't get rid of it afterwards. They just kept it. Yeah. So why are we paying property? property exactly. Why are we paying? <laughs> I mean, the only tax we should be paying is if you work, you should pay tax. And even then, if you're the minister of the Chancellor of the Exchequer, you don't pay it anyway. It goes abroad. You've got a dom dom, dom oh. tax or whatever it's called. You know. Oh, domicile. <laughs> domicile tax. Yeah. So you don't even pay that. But most historically, you either pay tax to or you pay tax to the king so that you until we had to buy it from in the army. That's the only reason you pay tax. All these other taxes are supplements that shouldn't even be there. Mm. But mm. back to Boris Watch because it's important. And the reason why it's important is sure. that one of the one of the backbench leaders of the Tory party said that, that he thinks Boris Johnson's under pressure because what we've had so far with Partygate is just a fraction of the charges that the police are going to bring. So, we, you know, everyone was arguing about, is he allowed a bottle of wine on his birthday? That's just one out of a <laughs> Come on. Like, they're, they're arguing the details. <laughs> Come on now. You had a party. End of. It's just a case of how that, many. That only works if the his majority abandon him. Because he's got an 80-seat mm. majority, which is about as big as you can get in Parliament, really. So mm. will they stay with him or not? Because the, their, their thinking is... Will I lose my job as an MP if I support? And the moment the answer is no, you won't. But there's a by-election coming up, but that, that doesn't tell you anything because halfway through an elected government, the opposition tend to win anyway. So will they stay with Boris or not? That is the question. Mm. Now, so that's why, if that is the backdrop, I wanted to do Boris Watch. So we all these that he, you know, attended part the Houses of Parliament, which in itself for a lot of MPs, especially old school MPs, is unforgivable. You know, that's once you've lied to the House, you, you basically accept that you've got a fraudulent government. So for them, people like Theresa May, who are old school proper MPs, they don't like it. Okay, so forget them for the minute. What did he do the next day? Where was Boris the next day? Did he find up in front of 10 Down Street, explain himself? Did he go to the you know, the media and explain. Do you know where he was the next day? Where was he? Go India. India. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes. He was uh, shoring up some deals to do ventilators, right? Don't you remember? Uh, that was last supposed time to make a real to... significant impact. Do you remember the last time he went to India? <laughs> Lay the sarcasm on thick there. I heard you. Did you hear the last time he went to, to India? When was the last time he went? In the height of the pandemic, when we'd locked down everything in the country, he suddenly sojourned off to a journey to India to ensure some trade deal. Oh, yes, which, yes. Which, yeah, allowed, which allowed Indian people into this country without having to check if they had the virus or not. <laughs> so clearly <laughs> India is one of his go-to places. Uh, what's, what's it called? The East India Company. Uh. Well, that's that's true as well. But I mean, you know, right now, India is one of the safe havens. India and Australia are the two places. And Ukraine. Okay, he can wander around Ukraine because obviously it's safe for him there. But um, other than that, there's not a lot of places he can hang about without getting the media scrum to attack him about the party gate. Yeah, and, and you know what's quite interesting? Because as, you, you're, as you're sharing this, I'm just thinking, I'm reminded of something that I saw... Um, it was to do with this Russia-Ukraine thing, and there was the I think it was 
don't quote me, but I think it was to do with the UN um, mm-hmm. and how the countries voted. So it, it looked like the countries that were kind of bordering close to uh, Russia were kind of uh, impartial or leaning towards support of Russia inevitably because of their... Uh, you'd have to bring, you'd have to bring the... No, you'd have to bring the actual evidence. You can't just bring something like that. Who yeah. are you talking about? I mean, like, but, what countries... Was, yeah, but it's just interesting because India was one of those countries that... Oh, India has always India has always stood by Russia, and that's purely economically. Mm. Mm. You know, they, they can't afford not to. They've, since the beginning of this conflict, they're one of the three countries that have stood by them. China being another for obvious reasons. So, so, so it's important mentioning that because it's kind of how you kind of tie the, the threads together, I guess. This, this Boris could not have gone to any other country other than India. Or Ukraine. Right, or Ukraine, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there was no reason to go to Ukraine at that point. Well, he went there the week before, if you remember. Oh, was it? Oh, right. Don't you remember? Uh, Don't you remember him walking around? Week. Was that to do with uh, Russia on the border again? No, he went to visit the president of Ukraine in Ukraine, and the and the, the, the media were asking, "How comes he put on all that equipment to go to an? Est- why did he? Why did he put all that equipment on to go on a raid with the police? And he yeah. was walking around in the suit and no army outfit when he was walking around Ukraine. People wanted to know that. They didn't quite <laughs> understand what why there was this parallel. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, so he went there the week before, which is why I keep saying he could go to Ukraine because there's a door always open for him to visit. And mm. he can say to the guy, listen, we're going to give you... But but it turned out there was a report this week that since 2012, Britain has, under three different Tory governments, has not given Ukraine any help uh, with military until the conflict started. They've asked for it since 2012, and we no government, no Tory government, we've had three of them, has given them any weaponry. Wow. So this could, because I remember periodically through the pandemic, Russia, Russia was kind of testing the borders a few times. There was a few instances of conflict that took place. Um, well, <laughs> Russian submarines were found in, in the British waters. All of well, us. I mean, you say that, Jermaine, but don't forget there's two million pounds from the Russians goes into actually the Tory party. Right. You know, okay. that, that's very important because that in itself de- determines which way they face. Fantastic. So if you're getting That's that money, ridiculous. do you seriously think you're going to give weapons to Ukraine before a conflict starts? I don't think so. Exactly. <laughs> Remember who's lining your pockets. Exactly that. Exactly <laughs> that. Exactly but, that. No, no, absolutely. And so what amazes me is how this whole debacle is allowed to carry on the way it is. Mm. I've, I think in it's a different time it's it's the support for me it's it's the the the, the disregard mm. for the value of human life for, like for one ultimately um here but it's it's the ways of being so i don't even know if conniving is even the word it's 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 really well let's just do it like this Jermaine. let's just do it like this in 1939, the world wasn't ready for a war. Everyone thought that the First World War was happening again. So they weren't really ready, and Hitler was out, out, out militarized them at that time. He had more weaponry than most of Europe. Forget, mm-hmm. forget with any war until three quarters of the way through. But, but um, 
But this time round, Europe is militarily and financially better off than Russia. So why are they allowing this war to carry on? Why don't they just say stop now? The Russians you know, are paying them still, I would imagine. Well, well, I mean, there's got to be a reason. I it's, mean, cause it's, uh, it's, to, to uh, me... Uh, it, uh, sorry, I should say, is it that the Russians are still paying them? Well, we don't know. But the, the thing is, what I'm asking is, if all of the whole of the world stood together and said, look, you know what, stop now, it would probably stop. Because I think also there's an issue, aside from everything else, there's an issue for Putin. There's how does he save face? And the best way would be if the whole world said, well, that's enough, let's stop now. But what we're having is systematic. Just imagine if they attacked where you lived. Mm -hmm. Imagine Russia attacked South London and no mm -hmm. one else helped, not even the British Army. Mm -hmm. So they're systematically going through towns, destroying them, leveling them to the ground, destroying what's under the ground and, and trapping people who then say, well, we're not going to surrender. So they're actually forcing the deaths of hundreds of thousands of people. And we're just sitting back and watching as if it's a TV show. This is like um, Waking Dead or uh, Game of Thrones here. What's mm. going on? Mm. So I'm surprised that in the the late, uh, sorry, the early parts of the 21st century, we are we have learned nothing from history, nothing. And that is oh, that is a quote from somebody. I'm trying to think who it is. Um, well, there's a some, quote: that "If you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it." And unfortunately, that seems to be what's going on right now. Yeah, that's the one. Anyway, about, I think this we've run on 25 minutes. I think we should probably stop for now. Hey. Um, but what I'm actually thinking right now, um, and I just wanted to share this before we hop off. Um, yeah. We mentioned the by-elections that are coming up. Yeah. I thought it might be a great idea if we did a, a Team Good special with Susanna. Um, yeah, that's a great idea. If we can get some MPs to come on board with that. Well, let's aim for Susanna at the starting point and the others as a bonus if we can get them. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Great idea. So listen out for that, people. If you're listening everywhere, listen out for that. It'd be quite an interesting discussion about modern day political interpretation of what's happening in our country <laughs> and around and, the world. And interpretation is definitely the word. Definitely the word. <laughs> Thank you. I've not been Curious Anarchy. And I've not been uh, Content Anarchy. <laughs> and we want to thank you for listening to... Curious Anarchy. Much the way of life. It's been, uh, it's been awesome. Um, follow us on Twitter. Drop us a tweet. Also, follow us on Instagram. Uh, drop us a comment, like, share, all of that good stuff. Um, and please subscribe. We're now on Amazon uh, Music. Uh, so as a podcast, there's no other category, really, I guess. Um, but yeah, check us out. Um, anything to close from you? Before? No, Jermaine, just wish you a healthy and happy week. Fantastic. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Hey, happy Mondays. We could do with them now, right now. Yes, indeed. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.